Indie Media. Well, our first uh, reaction would be that we, uh, we know that they're planning to extend it out to other welfare groups, um, especially in regional areas. And this is a real worry because the cashless welfare card has many disadvantages, as has been shown in the, in the trial groups um, with the Indu Healthy Welfare Card. That was the 12-month trial of the cashless welfare card, started in Sejuna, South Australia, last year in March, and in Western Australian towns of Kununurra and Wyndham in April last year. And now it's mostly Indigenous in those areas, um, but there still applies to all the welfare recipients there apart from pensioners, and it requires that 80% of the welfare payments are in a restricted debit card, and... Um, only the remaining 20%, which amounts to about 50-odd dollars, can be used um, to as cash. This is partly because they're trying to uh, prevent the use of um, people buying alcohol or using gambling. Uh, it, it seems as though, uh, you know, it's kind of, I guess, people on uh, New Start of the Dole are uh, somewhat of an easy target for uh, for the government during times of austerity as well. Uh, but I guess it's often forgotten that, you know, while there may be uh, roughly sort of 6% unemployment in the country, for every person uh, who is currently looking for a job, there, well, sorry, for every job available, there are currently something like 20 people actually looking for a job in Australia. So all these people, uh, you know, despite the, the government saying that they're, uh, you know, or just on the dole and they're just, you know, welfare cheats and so forth. There just really aren't the jobs, are there, for, for people who are uh, who are currently on welfare? Certainly not. Um, the AUWU um, argues that there are 17 job seekers for every job available. And this includes underemployment and hidden employment because uh, we have many people that are so distressed by going through the process with job agencies that some of them just get off centre and called together. And we cynically think that this is probably one of the aims of the government with all its measures that are so punitive and, as you said before, demonising. Demonising everyone on welfare as if it's their individual problem that there are no jobs and yet the government doesn't seem to be creating jobs. Um, it seems to be arguing that the private sector is going to create jobs if they give them tax cuts. And this isn't the case. This silly old trickle-down theory has been disproved for many years. But, um, you know, as it, as it uses the media in this way, some of our Murdoch-based media buy this argument, you know, that, uh, oh, yes, these, um, these are just lazy bludgers. And it's very insulting, but also for the people themselves going through the terrible task of trying to get a job through the job agencies, it's just very distressful because there aren't jobs. But there are lots of penalties created. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we have developed um, a booklet and on our website we have something called Unemployed Workers' Rights and it lists many of the questions um, that job seek seekers can ask when they go to job agencies to protect themselves against being exploited by the job agencies. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's on our website also. Definitely. Australian Unemployed Workers' Union. Now... 
I guess you can also look at these uh, recent uh, attacks on unemployed workers and attacks on the poor uh, being connected to austerity measures. Of course, Australia is uh, heading towards or is very much in the grips of, uh, of a recession. And, uh, you know, as, as the price of uh, global commodities fall, it's, it's only set to really worsen. And we've already seen attacks on, uh, you know, casual industries. We've attacks on penalty rates. We've seen changes to the 457 visas and, you know, attacks on uh, migrant workers. But uh, do you see a connection between these uh, attacks on unemployed workers and the broader austerity measures. And can you maybe just, uh, I guess, describe in your perspective how these uh, two issues are interconnected, the, you know, attacks on people that are currently on the dole and then, you know, the potential further attacks on uh, wages and conditions more broadly? As you said earlier, um, unemployed people who can't get jobs have been demonised for years, even going back to the Depression. They've been the target for the so-called red meat um, very conservative voters, which the government's trying to enlist so that it can get elected again. So I think partly this is an election issue that uh, the Turnbull government wants to get elected again and it's appealing to its so-called red meat voters who quite like this scapegoating. Um, I think that's one of the, the issues. Obviously, it wants to reduce the... Um, the welfare bill, but really Australia isn't anywhere near the top in terms of the OECD countries with its welfare bills by any means. It's really tightly targeted. And um, look, even according to the government's own figures, there isn't a huge problem with substance abuse in the welfare system. Only 2,258 out of more than 700 New Start recipients used drugs or alcohol as an excuse not to look for work last year. So that's uh, a colossal um, penalty for those people, isn't it? I think I think the basic aim is that they really want to get everyone on welfare onto these cards. Yeah, definitely. And do you think there's also this sort of connection with the fact that, I mean, often, you know, workers, uh, whether they be unemployed or not, are, are pitted against one another. But there's a circumstance that if we make the conditions on welfare even worse and even more unbearable, then uh, workers are more and more likely to accept worse wages and conditions. You know, if the choice is between getting paid $15 an hour to work in, say, a, a restaurant or to be on uh, Centrelink but to have a mandatory drug test, well, you're certainly going to take the $15 an hour in that in that. Uh, uh, instance. Well, that's right. That would be logical, even if there were jobs. But I think they want to do that to the people who already have jobs. And that's why they're um, demonising the unions as well, the government. I guess you get that with a neocon government that basically um, wants to give the advantages to the employers rather than the employees. Um, so that's, that's the idea. If you look at the American model, um, that's what you find. You find people with about five different jobs paying them a very, very low wage, much below our basic wage. Our unionists have fought for the decent wage conditions that we've got now. And of course, um, a liberal government would think they're far too generous. Definitely. So one way is to undermine that. Um, and if you've been noting the Centrelink debt debacle, which is scaring everyone on welfare, including pensioners now, because they're being sent um, debt collection notices for debts they didn't even know that they had. And then they have to prove that they don't have the debt. It's very alarming indeed and um, over the top. And I just hope if the Labor government gets in that it, it would reverse those. I'm not sure if that's the case, though. So.
Now, historically, we've actually seen uh, mass mobilizations of uh, unemployed workers in Australia. Here in Perth in uh, March 1931, uh, there was a massive uh, demonstration outside our Treasury building in Perth with uh, thousands of uh, unemployed workers who ended up actually rioting on the streets of Perth. It's kind of quite remarkable to think of, given the political landscape of Perth these days. But in recent years, uh, for the most part, uh, unemployed workers haven't been uh, mobilized, at least not en masse. Do you think that uh, given these sort of attacks and with uh, further austerity measures, there will be potentially uh, more mobilizations of uh, unemployed workers and you know people coming together and standing up for their rights? I think so, definitely. Look, um, our um, you know we're volunteer run, but we now have forty branches. In the last couple of years, we have really been mobilizing and working together with the um, with ACOS and other groups like that. Then there's also legal aid lawyers. There's a whole lot of people who are totally outraged. Now, the government's been keen not to include the pensioners because, of course, they, a lot of conservative pensioners would vote for them. And I'm very surprised that they're now including the pensioners as part of this um, cashless welfare pursuit and the Centrelink debt debacle because I would have thought that uh, you might get the pensioners supporting us as well. <laughs> so I think it's a very, it's a growing group of, of people who aren't going to put up with this anymore. And what we do as part of our union is we provide advocacy training for anyone who um, is unemployed who wants to learn a bit about how to um, stand up for their rights. It's a very empowering process as well because then they can go along to the job agencies and say, hey, no, you shouldn't have breached me there. No, I don't have to show you my pay slips. You know, all these sort of questions. Their privacy is being completely um, invaded. There are so many issues that are coming up, and then with the disability groups as well. Um, and we just really have to fight back. It's very important for people's self-esteem too, because as you probably know, when people have been long-term unemployed, they really lose their confidence. So we're trying to help people empower people so that they can fight back for their rights.